Ever wonder what motivates people to get plastic surgery? Did they regret it? What can we learn from the weird and wild stuff that happens at our plastic surgery clinic? We're going to tell some stories, get some laughs, and learn on Clinic Talk with Sabrina Sajan on the Plastic Surgeon Podcast. Hello, my friends. I'm Dr. Javad Sajjan, and of course, I'm here with my lovely and beautiful wife and CEO of Allure Aesthetics, Sabrina Sajjan. Welcome back, and thanks for listening. Please rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts to support the channel. On Clinic Talk, we tell real stories of fun, strange, hopeful, and educational things that happen at our clinic from day to day. We get a lot of weird and hilarious things happening at the clinic every day. You can find the clinic at aloraesthetic.com for more information. John, I love the sweater. I love yours. Guys, we're wearing Christmas sweaters. They are so cool. Um, I got the Dark Vader one. And Just- mine says, oh, snow, even though there's no snow in Seattle. You can <laughs> see it. Yes, <laughs> yes, right here, guys. Mine says, uh, Merry Sithmas. <laughs> I know. Yours is 3D. <laughs> you have a snowman skiing. That's cool. <laughs> and the tie pops out. I didn't even see that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Up. Yeah. Has a little tie. <laughs> you all can see our sweaters live on YouTube at Real Doctor Seattle. The YouTube episode is always published one week after the podcast. So, Janu, what clinic stories are we talking about today? Oh, my God, John. We didn't sleep all night a few weeks ago. Yes, I remember that. It was just a few weeks ago. And we were literally probably up for 48 hours. It was one of the worst nights of my life. I didn't sleep for 36 hours, guys. Yeah, it was very, very crazy and stressful. And I I hope that never happens again. So guys, I had an amazing VIP patient who came to us for a tummy tuck. So... You know, so she came for the consult. She says has no medical problems, no difficulty urinating. She's a little bit past her fifth decade of life. So I have a question. Mm-hmm. Can you tell the listeners why you ask tummy tuck uh, procedure patients about the urination? Absolutely. So here's the deal, guys. A lot of women, when they've had a lot of pregnancy, and this patient had multiple pregnancies, a lot of women, they don't have strong tone or an ability to push urine out of their bladder for many reasons. Uh, Bladder stretching, they get weakened pelvic muscles, their abs get separated, so they're not able to generate a lot of pressure to urinate. And what happens is right when after you do a tummy tuck, because you're sewing the muscles together, you're using numbing medicine for a lot of those women who are relying on their abs or their stomach muscles to help them pee because of the weakness they had from pregnancy. The if you don't identify that before time, they will not be able to pee after surgery. So what happens is their bladder isn't strong enough to help them pee on their own. So they're using accessory abdominal muscles to pee. And when you do a tummy tuck, you are stitching those muscles together. You're putting num- numbing medicine around those muscles. So they're not able to use them right away after surgery to pee. The reason I need to know this is because if you have trouble peeing before a tummy tuck, or you've had trouble peeing before other surgeries, then we'll leave a catheter in there for a few days to help you pee so you can pee. Yes. And why is it important to pee? Uh, If you don't pee, your kidney is going to failure and you can die, right? So 
going back now to the consult, patient comes from consult, multiple pregnancies, more than four, I don't want to say how many, healthy, late fifth decade of life, which means I'm more cognizant of medical problems, right? So we go through everything, everything's good. We had a, we get a get a, get a doctor's clearance, comes back normal, blood work, EKG, everything is great. We do the tummy tuck a few weeks ago. I can't say the date, HIPAA. So basically we do the surgery and then the patient goes home and they you know, we advise them to stay local. They live a few hours away in farm country. The near from from their house, the nearest hospital is about three and a half hours away. So which we didn't know. Well, I'll tell you how we found out. So basically, so she goes home after surgery. We, you know, during the surgery went very normal, amazing tummy tuck, amazing results, flat as a board, wasn't flat before. She goes home. Then I get a call at around 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. Right, Jen? And she's like, poor lady screaming, I have to pee. I can't pee. I have to pee. I can't pee. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, no problem. Come to the clinic now. I'll see you. We'll get a catheter put in. We'll help you out. And at this point, I ask her history again because I'm like, something's going on. A woman with no history of difficulty urinating should be able to urinate. She's like, oh, I didn't tell you. I forgot, quote unquote, that after every other surgery I've had in the past, I've needed a catheter for two weeks and um, I have trouble peeing. So I'm like, oh my God, this lady, because during a tummy tuck, we give them a lot of IV fluids. And so she hasn't peed at all. She has all these fluids and she's having strong urgency, right? The the feeling of peeing. So I'm like, okay, come to the clinic. And she's like, no, I can't make it. I feel like I'm going to die. I have to pee right now. I'm calling 911. Hangs up the phone. Hmm. And then I'm like, okay, well, I know what's going on. So I try calling her back. No answer. Um, Eventually, I, I call her husband and he tells me that she called 911. And she's on her way to a hospital, and they live in the boonies. All right, guys, um, the gown, as we say in, in our in our language. And she was taken to the local hospital there. Mm-hmm. So the doctor calls me. He's like, uh, "So I call, I find the hospital based on where they live, which is how we found out Sabrina found the hospital. Yeah, right. Because we got her address. We looked it up on a map. We looked at where the hosp- closest hospital is. So the doctor calls me from the hospital. Hey, no, we I called the hospital first. I'm like, hey, my patient's coming to you via ambulance. Yeah. And, and I was, we were able to do this because the ambulance is like an, uh, it's an hour and a half drive from her house to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, hey, I'm calling you. I'm letting you know she had a tummy tuck. She's going to look a little bit rough because she just had a tummy tuck. Um, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm happy to come see there. I don't have privileges at this hospital because it's far away. I have privileges at the local hospital. And I'm like, you know, she'll need a catheter likely and all this kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. he's going to look different. We haven't seen this before. He's never seen a tummy tuck, this ER doctor. Mm-hmm. Nice guy, he's from the he's from the Midwest. So then the the he's like, okay, no problem. We'll put a catheter in, and you know, we'll we'll see what to do from here. Mm-hmm. So then the patient gets there, and um, and he calls me. He's like, yeah, yeah, we know we we put a catheter in, and we got out twelve hundred cc's of urine. That's over a liter, John. Wow, wow. And then he's like, oh, um, everything looks good, but I want to uh get a ct scan yeah you know because she's having a lot of pain in her abdomen Mm -hmm. and i'm like of course she's gonna have pain in her abdomen she's had a tummy tuck yeah come on and and now he's sort of like running on these tangents he's like oh yeah i'm gonna check this i'm gonna check that i'm like do all of these tests all these tests like you're talking a million dollar worker for someone at a cosmetic procedure yeah so i'm telling this nice guy he's a gentleman good guy got his cell phone call him i'm like hey so now so now we're looking at around two two in the morning Yes. So I'm like, hey, look, bud, 
um, this test you're getting, you know, I'm not there. I want to be there. I can't come because of COVID. Um, however, I don't think it's going to change anything. And if we do a CT scan, because during the time we take, I fixed a hernia, there's going to be some free air around her inside her abdomen, around the, around the intestines. Mm-hmm. And why is that a big deal? So it's a big deal because if you see free air or air around the intestines, it normally means the intestine has a hole and the patient's going to die or they need an urgent laparotomy. You've got to cut their stomach, find the hole and seal it. But I tell this nice doc, I'm like, hey, bud, you know, I don't, the CT scan is going to be very problematic. One, because all the labs are normal. Everything looks good. She's feeling fine. She's having pain. That's normal. You don't need a CT scan. There's no value that I see in it. Mm-hmm. And this doctor is insisting on getting a CT scan. I'm like, the other issue is she's flex 90 degrees. If you get a CT scan, you are going to rip mine's to sutures. Yeah. So then what happens is this nice doctor. And just so you guys know, after tummy tuck, you know, all of your patients, because you, um, they're so flat, they have to be bent over a 90 degree angle for almost a week to two weeks, depending on how extensive their tummy tuck was. So the patients are told, do not lay straight on your, st- on your back. Um, and you have to be basically at a 90 degree angle, um, you know, throughout their recovery in the beginning. Exactly. So he, um, so then and my patients know this and he goes to the pain. And right now, you know, when you're, when you, when you do surgery on somebody, you got to try to maintain control of the situation. Now he's going to the family and telling them, oh, I think we should get a CT scan. And he's sort of, you know, making the situation very murky now because I'm not eager to get a CT scan. He wants a scan. He's there. He's not giving me any justification to get a CT scan aside that the fact that his hospital has a CT scanner. Yeah. Right. Last time I checked, having equipment doesn't mean you got to use it. Right. Yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, our stomach is very swollen. That was, oh, and the reason I was, I was trying to get a reason from him. Why do you want a CT scan? He's like, oh, the top of the vagina is very swollen and the stomach feels very soft. I think there could be blood in the stomach. Um, I'm like, bud, um, our labs are normal. She had a tummy tuck six hours ago. Yeah, come on, man. What are you trying to do? Now, now we're reaching around 3.30 in the morning, okay? And, and then, so long story short, he convinces the family to get a CT scan and I'm not fighting. I'm not going to tell the family something different. They, they call me. I'm like, look guys, you know, this, he, he wants one. He's there. He's a medical professional. You know, he's, he's, he's a right to his opinion. I, uh, you know, if you go flat, there is a risk that you could rip some of the sutures or some of the incision. I can't, that's fixable. I don't see any indication at the moment, but I respect your decision. And I'm going to take care of you no matter what. If the doctor really wants one, you, you should consider that. So then, long story short, they get the scan. Mm-hmm. And the scan is normal. It shows a little bit of fluid where I did the surgery, where, where I did the liposuction, because I do lipo with my tummy tucks. And it, guess what? It showed free air. So now we're reaching four in the morning. And the guy calls me back. Nice guy, right? He's like, oh my God, I was right. There is blood in the area you did surgery. I'm like, yes. I'm like, no blank, Sherlock. I'm like, I did liposuction. I put fluid to do lipo. Absolutely, there's going to be fluid in that area. Why wouldn't there be fluid? Um, she has drains in. There's no excessive bleeding coming from the drains. This is not a hematoma. And the free air is expected because I did a hernia repair at the same time. He's like, he's like, um, what should we? He's like, and he's like, okay, um, we feel, I talked to the general surgeon here. We feel the patient needs a helicopter transfer to a major hospital where they can manage this we don't want to manage it so he's basically saying we're a small hospital we don't want to deal with this i want to wash my hands of it 
I got this unnecessary test and now we're going to give it to somebody else. And I'm like, I'm, I'm asking, what are you thinking now? We know we're now five in the morning. I mean, I'm going back and I'm like, what are you thinking here? Did this patient safe? She's stable. Their vitals are normal. Send her home. She's fine. You can send her to me. My, I will take care of her. There's no indication to do what you're doing. This is unnecessary excitement here. Calm down, you know? So basically, long story short, lots of back and forth. She, he, we, he agreed to not get the helicopter <laughs> and to get an ambulance transport to a major hospital in Seattle. <laughs> so then my patient, and the families, they're happy with me. They're like, whatever, it's cool. We're going to, you know, let's just, you know, they, obviously they're worried, they're scared. There's somebody they're telling her she has this major issue. So she gets transferred to a major hospital in Seattle. I'll leave it unnamed. She goes to this major center. The plastics people there call me and they're like, hey, your patient's here. Um, you know, what's, you know I, 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 I called them ahead. I called them first, gave them a heads up, and they didn't want to even accept the transfer. Mm -hmm. they were, it was pushed on them. They ended up taking it. And then the, the doctors there call me, and I, or I call them, and we talk about it. And we go back and forth, and, and they see her. They do more testing. They're like, yeah, everything looks like what we should expect. Uh, we're going to watch her here because, you know, it's so, she was just transferred, and then we'll probably discharge her. And then she ended up getting discharged and went home. Yeah. Well, what then, you, then you saw her the same day just to make sure everything was good. Yeah, absolutely. She got discharged from there, drove to my house, drove to our clinic, and then drove to her house. But what a wild experience. Wild. And, you know, it's so challenging. You know, it really, when patients have surgery and they live far away, I always request, please stay close by for a couple of days. Yeah. But that wasn't the main issue, John. I feel the main issue was this nice lady didn't tell us Disclose. about- Disclose, yeah. Yeah. Why would you hide that? Yeah. I still can't figure out why people just don't tell me everything. Why, what, what do you think? Yeah, I feel the same thing. I think there's been many times where patients will try to hide things about their medical history. They'll quote, you know, quote unquote, say they forgot. Um, or they just didn't want to tell us because they feel like we would cancel their surgery and, you know, so forth. But these things are so, so, so important, especially for an elective procedure. You know, we don't want to, you know, send you to the hospital. We don't want you to go to the hospital. You know, we want you to stay safe. And for, with you disclosing all your medical history, we can help the situation. Like if we had known that she had a urine problem, we could have left the, you know, Foley inside mm -hmm. and everything would have been normal. Exactly. A Foley is a catheter. We would have just left it for a week or two, then taking it out and avoided all of this. Now this poor lady has hundreds of thousands of dollars in bills that insurance is unlikely to cover, right? We're not going to cover it, right? It wasn't, a, wasn't, our, wasn't a complication. Every, everything was fine. All of this could have been avoided if you just would have told us the truth and we would have known that you have difficulty peeing. You could have left the catheter in. You wouldn't have had that issue. And would have avoided so much pain. I, I really feel the reason people don't tell us sometimes is they think I'm, because I, I think people know I don't take risks with my surgeries. They think I would have canceled it. Yeah. I, w I wouldn't have done it. And that's not true. Small problem I can work around. Now, is it true that I don't take on very high risk cases? Yeah. Selective procedure. Selective. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want someone's life in my hands. I mean, they're in my hands when I'm doing surgery, but unnecessary risk, I don't take it. It's not worth it. Nobody wins. I have never, ever regretted to this day canceling a surgery. Mm -hmm. Ever. When we cancel a surgery, it's sad, we're upset, but you know what? We all go to P.F. Chang's pre-COVID and we celebrate because we just avoided a complication. Yeah, and it's safe for the patient too, you know? It's, you know, it's the best for everyone. And I think a lot of times patients get upset, you know, when we cancel the procedure, you've dealt with that. People have yelled mm, at you, yelled. Cur cursed at you, 
um, cursed at our staff, got really upset, demanded to get surgery. Um, we've seen it all, but you know, I, I really feel that they should look at it from your provider standpoint. You know, the provider doesn't want to take this extra risk. They want you to be alive. Um, and they don't want complications for your life, you know, or extra bills for unnecessary bills. I had one patient who I canceled threatened to leave me negative reviews unless I did the surgery. And I, and I you know, I, I, I came out of character for a moment. I looked at this patient, nice person in the eye, love nice people. I said, hey, bud, um, if you're going to do this to me now, and you're threatening me now, what the blink are you going to, I didn't say that anything like that, but I said, what are you going to do to me after surgery? <laughs> I mean, what do you think this is? You want to leave me a review for canceling your surgery? I love that review. You put it everywhere. I'll, I'll give you the websites. Yelp, Google, HealthGrades, RedMD, RealSell, five. You can leave that review all day and I'll be happy to respond to it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, in, in, I mean, what are they going to say? You cancel my surgery to keep me safe? Yep. In the <laughs> words of Dr. Johnoff's favorite politician, come on, man. <laughs> it's, a, it's an inside joke. We'll tell you guys one day. Yeah, right, Alex? <laughs> oh, so John, uh, that was wild. Yeah. So this is so guys. I was uh, this was a, this was a few months ago. Uh, Sabrina comes to me, telling me telling me this one really really um, interesting call we got. So what did the patient call with? <laughs> so this patient calls. Um, you did a chest surgery for this patient. Um, and I think it was probably like a week or something after something like that. And the patient calls like panicking on the phone with the front desk. The one of the our front desk staff answers the phone and was like, Sabrina, Sabrina, the patient said their nipple fell off. What should they do? Nipple said, fell off. Their nipple fell off. And they, the, the front desk staff asked the patient, where is the nipple right now? And the front, and she said, it's on the floor in front of me. <laughs> then the front desk staff says, then pick it up and grab it. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening right now. <laughs> so then they're like, what should we do? And then they said, oh, should we put it in a Ziploc and keep it? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sure their nipple didn't fall off, but okay, tell them to just calm down. Everything should be fine. Just send us some pictures. Like, no, the nipple is falling off. Should we take the nipple and the Ziploc back to the ER so they can put it back on? Oh, my God. That that's, is so wild. That's a don't. Don't do anything like that. Just well, take the pictures. At least I didn't put it in milk like you're supposed to put teeth, right? Yeah. So just take the pictures, send it to us, and we'll we'll show you guys. Then I come to you and I, you know, I remember you were just getting out of surgery and I was like, I need you to see these pictures right away. Their patient is saying the nipple fell off. Oh, I was like, no way. I was like, for the patient had a free nipple graft. What that means is I removed the nipple off the body and I reattached it. So when you do a free nipple graft, and we tell all the patients this, but sometimes people forget and that's okay. Uh, the, the new nipple, the, I mean, the nipple that you've created heals in, but there's a scab that forms on the outside. And that old scab will fall off and it looks like the nipple, but it's not the nipple, it's the scab. Yeah. And it's like shaped like like a nipple and yes. it looks like it to color and everything. So I think they got super worried and they had put it in their Ziploc. And when they sent us pictures, of course, it was the scab that had fallen off. And, um, you know, we explained to the patient that it's a scab that was that's perfectly normal and it's supposed to fall off. Mm -hmm. And the nipple is still intact and um, they, you know, every all the healing and everything is looking good. Um, it's just so funny. Sometimes patients call with these things, you know, panicking over, so, which is perfect. You know, we, um, we're happy to answer the phones and to, you know, answer their questions and we were happy that they call us and exactly. Yeah. 
And one of the most, I think, unique things with our practices, right, for even for our injectables and non-surgical stuff, is we always have a doctor on call 24-7. So all the patients we do surgery on, they get their, their provider cell phone number. And we have many doctors that work for us now. You know, thank God we've been so blessed. And they have our clinic number. Now for our clinic, we have a 24-7 answering service. Like, you know, sometimes we'll get a call like a patient had a peel done by one of our estos and they're like, well, I'm really peeling or I got a reaction. So we address those right away. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not like, you know, going to nothing wrong with this. I love medical spas, but sometimes going to one of those places where they have nobody available. Yeah. You have to wait till Monday. Yeah. And we you know, and sometimes critical things happen. So, and even for some plastic surgery practices, cosmetic surgery practices, you know, that someone's not available 24 yeah. seven. And so that happened, right? Yes, that did happen. Um, there was a patient that called us um, after hours. Um, and like a lot of, you know, many of you know, we are open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. Um, a person at our office is there answering phone calls and addressing everyone's questions and concerns and for bookings. Um, so this, you know, patient calls us, I think about eight o'clock or something. And I'm still at the office and the patient um, is really freaking out on the phone. Um, she's super worried. Um, she tells the front desk staff, you know, the person who answered the phone that her implant came out. What? Yes. Breast implant. Yes. She literally said my incisions were, she hit her body or the door hit her or something like that when she was walking. Um, And someone was, you know, opening the door and it mistakenly hit her chest. And she said her incisions opened and her implant was in her hand. I don't believe it. I could not believe it. Was she fresh out of surgery or we don't know? We're not, we're unsure what she was, but we said, you know, Mm. have we did your surgery? You know, we asked her, she's a patient of ours. She was not a patient of ours. Um, and she said that she was unable to get a hold of the doctor that did her surgery and uh, mm. unable to get a hold of the practice that did her surgery. She said she left them multiple voicemails. She emailed them. She's just freaking out because she doesn't know what to do. She called us um, because we were open. <laughs> so, um, you know, we were we were like, you know, we, we have to reach out to the doctor that did your surgery. Um, it's really important that they, you know, um, manage this. Um, but unfortunately, she said that they weren't answering and that she was going to head to the ER. And that's sad. You know, you got to be available for your patients. Surgery isn't one and done. And I think a lot, we see that often, you know, especially when I fix botched work. You know, a lot of complications that I fix from other people. Mm-hmm. I thank God not many from me, but I, I get a few here and there like everybody. Are, um, are things that could have been avoided had the right treatment been done, right? It's like it's like this this lady. I guarantee, I'm telling you right now, the door hitting her wasn't the main main issue. Mm-hmm. When someone's incision dehisses or opens up like that, it's usually because they got a, they had an infection, mm. they had a fluid collection, they had a blood collection, they had something that was applying stress to the incision, and the incision was getting beat up and it was getting thinner and thinner and thinner. And then it opened up. And then exactly when they get pressure uh, with some kind of event, it popped out. Like we had that one patient. Remember, I, I repaired her. She was from out of the country. She had a Breast augmentation. This was during COVID, actually. She had a breast augmentation in another country with the lift, and then she had chronic drainage. Couldn't find the doctor in Mexico in that other country, and then she um, went to get a mammogram. And during the mammogram, the implant popped out. Wow! And it wasn't the pressure from the mammogram. It's totally safe to get mammograms after your impl- implantation surgery. You should get them. They're, re- they're recommended. Typically, they'll do nine views. But she had a chronic infection that wasn't treated properly. The chronic infection beat up the tissues. 
They got very thin. And it's like that game Thin Ice. Have you ever seen that game mm -hmm. back in the day, right? That it gets worn out and eventually an event happens, something that's going to happen no matter what, and it pops out. And I remember that doctor blamed the patient. He told her you shouldn't have got a mammogram. I'm like, come on. You know, you can't... The surgery, I really believe this. Your surgery has to be a part of your life. Your life cannot become the surgery. Mm -hmm. What that means is when we do an operation on a patient, when I do an operation on a patient, I always do my best to make sure that what I do will be congruent with their life. Mm -hmm. You can't change your life for an operation. It doesn't work that way. No. Now, that, that doesn't mean you let loose and gain and lose weight. I mean, you got to live normal, you know, be yeah. healthy. Another, another thing, you know, I think we talked about this a few days ago, how it's really important to make sure you're taking your medications. Um, you know, when doctors, you know, after surgery prescribes you antibiotic mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever else, it's really important for you to take it. You know, I understand it's hard to take the medications as many to take. You got to plan it out. You got to put a timer on your phone, take every four hours, or eight mm -hmm. hours or whatever the doctor has told you to do. But I think that's so important because we had a situation where a patient was not taking her antibiotic and medications at all. Mm -hmm. And her caregiver even said that, that she would not take it. And because of that, she, you know, came in and she had an infection. Yeah. And it wasn't one of my patients. No. Yeah. yeah. This is an outside patient. Mm -hmm. So it's just um, out, of, out of control sometimes. And, and the thing is, don't let things get out of control. It's in your control when you're healing. Mm -hmm. When you get a complication, that's when everybody loses control. John, this is our last episode of 2020. Wow. What a crazy year. What a crazy year. We've been blessed. We've done so much, so many surgeries, so many new things. Yes. It's got the podcast, TV series going. We built such a bigger team. Mm -hmm. And we're so thankful for, you know, all our fans, all our patients, um, you know, everyone that's listening. Thanks so much. Um, we know 2020 has been very difficult for many of you. Um, it's, you know, brought a lot of patience in everyone's lives. Um, it's brought everyone closer to their families, which is, you know, always a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, but we're really thankful for our fans, our patients, all of our staff, our family members for supporting us um, in everything that we do. Um, you know, if that's the growth of the practice or the media part of the, our world. Um, but we're really thankful for everyone. And, we, you know, we hope that, you know, everyone um, has a better next year. Yeah, there's no way we would be who we w were. We would be going where we are and we would have such a bright future without the amazing people in our life. Mm -hmm. And of course, John, that with, with and without you, I know there's no way I would have been as blessed as I am. <laughs> We're so thankful to God and our amazing family, our friends, and certainly our staff. You know, our staff are some of the most valuable people in our life. They help us do what we do. And without them, we couldn't we couldn't be who we are. And, and I hope they know, and we tell them every day how much we appreciate them. Yeah, our staff are like our Seattle family. They you really know, are because yeah. we don't have you know as many of you know our both of our families are um, your families in um, the Midwest, and mm -hmm. mine is from the East Coast. Um, so this you know family that we have in Seattle is our staff, and you know we spend so much time with them. Um, so we really appreciate each one of you guys. Thanks for all you do. Thank you for listening to Clinic Talk on the Plastic Surgeon Podcast. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to support the channel. Tune in next time for more Clinic Talk. We have more great stories coming your way. For my live surgeries on Snapchat and adventures throughout the week, catch us on all social media at Real Doctor Seattle. Happy holidays and a happy new year to everyone. See you next time in 2021. We'll see you for our new episode in 2021. Bam! Whoa.